0: Hey, it's Rebecca. Before we begin, I want to let you know that we are overwhelmed by your love and support and kind comments on social media, and I want to ask you for a quick favor. Please leave us a review. It really does help us out, and it helps others discover the podcast, too. And here's this week's show. What's more difficult, doing a movie or... Oh, building
1: a company. are you kidding doing a movie where you sit on set i mean and people bring you coffee and do your hair and do your makeup and put your clothing <laughs> on you tell you where to stand i mean i always say an actor's job is just to remember their lines and hit the piece of tape right that's what we do this is way harder
0: welcome to no limits i'm rebecca jarvis each week we're talking to women playing at the top of their game so how are they doing it Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. The woman you're about to hear from has spent most of her life in the spotlight. Discovered by a talent scout right here in New York City at just four years old, she appeared in her first film at six, went on to graduate high school at 15, and moved to L.A. to pursue her acting career in full force. She says she gave herself a year to make it, and it paid off big time. She landed the leading role on one of the biggest television series of all time where, I'll give you a hint, she slays vampires. Sarah Michelle Gellar created the iconic television character Buffy the Vampire Slayer and from there her star has skyrocketed. Today she's taken on a new role, that of entrepreneur, launching her company Foodstirs in 2015. Sarah Michelle Gellar, welcome. It's so great to see you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I look at your life, you have such an interesting story because you started out in the industry so young.
1: You were four years old in Manhattan, found by a talent scout? Yeah, I think it's really different. And I I pardon everyone for my voice. I'm not sick. I have lost my voice from talking so much. As my husband would say, it's called karma. Um, You know, it's so different growing up in New York because in Hollywood, there's just sort of one business, right? Everything centers around it. But in New York, nobody cares. So it, it could almost be more of a hobby. And it, it's not as interesting to people. So I think it allowed me to really explore something that I love without having it completely take over my entire life. And you were six
0: in your first film, I think, something like that. Wow. Well, that's what I, we we did a little digging. Got it. And everything you read
1: on the internet is true, obviously. obviously, Your entire
0: Wikipedia page is nothing but truth. I'm just joking, obviously. So what did that do in terms of shaping the things that you wanted to do? You know, a lot of kids, you'll you'll ask people, what did you want to be when you were an adult? Did
1: you want to be an actor? Was that your idea? No, I wanted to be Diane Sawyer. You wanted to be Diane that Sawyer. Was my, like, I wanted to be a photojournalist and I was going to travel all over the world and do my own. You know, we used to have these things called cameras that took pictures with film <laughs> when I was younger, back in my childhood. And that's what I always thought that I would wind up doing. And then ultimately, I realized that at the time I was really loving what I was doing. And I said, OK, well, I'll just keep doing it till it doesn't work for me. And then I graduated high school at 15 and I moved to L.A. not too long afterwards. And I said, okay, I'll give it a year, and then if it doesn't go well, I'll, I'll go to college. And then I got this mid-season replacement show on a network that no one had heard of at the time, but it did okay for me. Buffy, yeah, did okay. It worked out just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it probably is
0: one of those things where you respect it because it made it helped put you into a completely new category. But it's also like, are you forever Buffy? Is that a what I are mind. You're,
1: you're? You're good with that. You know, probably. If you'd asked me a year after the show, I would have had that like 20-year-old, you know, snobby, I, I, you know, I'm known for more than that. Or, <laughs> but now as as a real adult, I realize that because the show was so successful, because I am so proud of the indelible mark that we made with that show and that character, it gives me the freedom to try other things. Because I've already had more success in my life than I ever thought I would have, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm not trying to achieve or chase a dream that's never going to happen. And because of that, it let me take other roles that I probably normally would have been maybe a little afraid, or to try an entirely new venture in my life. Foodsters is yes. the, the new word, new venture, yes. I mean, you've been doing it for a while <laughs> now. And what have you learned in the last year? I, I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, I found myself in a place, you know, after my last show, and it had a, a pretty tragic ending. And I just sort of thought to myself, like, I, it's time to do something else. I've been doing this my entire life. And... Now, with social media and all the different platforms, I think the way that we consume content is so different. You know, When I started, you were a film actor, you were a TV actor. Then those lines crossed, and it was okay to do both. And now, nobody watches regular television the same way. They watch on these devices, and it's streaming. And and, and what being creative is just so much more of a broad category now. And I had two young children, and my entire life I've spent sitting on sets and You know, even if you're producing, there's still so many other people that you're beholden to and who shape those decisions. And I thought, I want to do something that's mine, where I take something from an idea and create something and watch it actually grow. And my girlfriend and I had this idea, and we thought, okay, if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Let's give it a shot. And that was it, that was about two and a half years ago.
0: So for people who, who aren't familiar yes. with food give us the sorta of, thirty second elevator pitch. This oh God, no pressure, right?
1: No, the real concept is we wanna re-traditionalize the home baking experience. We wanna make it baking easy. And I think there's so many people we've moved to a time now where we wanna make our own food. We wanna know the ingredients that are going into it. We're so much more savvy. But I truly believe that people still want indulgent desserts and they want to you know, create these magical you know, creations that you can brag about on Instagram. And so we've really spent the last two years sourcing ingredients ourselves, like the best possible ingredients. We're going to move even past organic now towards biodynamic, which is really regenerating the soil itself, to fair trade cocoa, to really find these ingredients so that we're not sacrificing taste for quality of ingredients. And we want people to start baking at home and stop saying, oh, I cook, but I don't bake, because it's too challenging. All of our stuff is less than six steps. It's really foolproof. And I say that because before this, I didn't bake. So you didn't bake? No, I I realized the original idea was inspired by our children. And both my partner, Galit, and I had young children who loved the cooking network. And you're always looking for things that you can do with your children, where you put down these devices. I always say that while we live in a world that is really connected, ultimately we're becoming more and more disconnected. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen is really the one place in the home where people put the phone away and make true genuine connections, and you really remember those. And our kids wanted to bake, and we thought, okay, they, that's better than wanting to like play iPads all day, so let's <laughs> do it. And I went on this thing at the time called the Pinterest, I don't know if you've heard of it. Didn't know it at the time, saw these like cute projects, kept trying to click and buy it, which obviously you couldn't at the time. <laughs> So then I went to the store to go buy a baking mix, and we figured I'm pretty crafty, like we could figure something out. And I went on the shelf, and I was so shocked because there was this real hole in the category. There was either the traditional baking mix, the legacy brands that are full of dyes and chemicals. To make a yellow cake, you shouldn't need a red dye. Salt should never be the number one or two ingredient in anything sweet like that. Or the other end were these very gluten-free um, very expensive, um, and honestly didn't taste that great. And I thought, what about for the person that wants good ingredients and taste? Like, where does that exist? And that's when we really saw the whole. So we started a year ago online with our kits. And our kits are holiday-themed, uh, and with you know the internet now, there's a holiday every day. I think yesterday there was like, really Taco a Day. Or, day yeah. yeah, so we have everything from a movie night where you make a cupcake that looks like a bowl of popcorn. We have mummies for Halloween, but and we use all of our all the dyes or um, natural food coloring, no preservatives. We've really made it simple in a box that comes right to your your door, and we did that for the last year, just sort of perfecting our mixes, uh, getting all of our organic certifications, and then we just launched retail recently. Uh, in Whole Foods, all across Whole Foods here in New York, and Gelson's in California, and then plan to take over the rest of the country. Congratulations. Thank you. Did you, when you were starting
0: out, I would imagine the pressure from outsiders to use your name because, we, and you, I can look at it two ways. You have a lot of celebrities nowadays who are starting companies. Some of them are doing, you know, Honest Company, for example, like Jessica Alba. And then there's the Jessica Simpsons of the world that have their name on everything.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's a really interesting time. And I, and I think as a celebrity, we have this great platform where we can reach people. And what can you do with it? that reaches, that reaches them, that affects them. And I had sort of moved into this role of people always asking me parenting questions and all of that. And, and there had to be a way to sort of work all of that together. Um, and, and it seemed like the time was definitely right, but did I know if we'd pull it off? I, I don't know. I think that my name definitely helped us get in some of the doors, but sometimes it's just a novelty. Like, okay, let's see what, you know, let's see Buffy Bay Proof of concept. Like, yeah. And then you get in there like, wow, they, have this really impressive deck, they really know what they're doing, they've studied the category. I mean, baking is a $5 billion category that you know, you see the outside of the supermarket and it's really being modernized. You're seeing all of these juices and better ingredients and cleaner this, but the inside of the store still needs work and you're watching it slowly. It's starting in the cereal aisle. You're seeing the transition. I mean, even some of the big companies like M&M now is saying that within two years they're going to go to all natural colorings and that's what the demand is for. So I feel like we're just a little bit ahead of the curve on Right, that. you spotted
0: it before the big
1: guns really caught on to the trend. And I also think about a brand that speaks to the modern consumer, mm-hmm. that is interesting to look at, that's creative, that speaks to more than just, you know, old baking was like a homemaker, right? It was sort of a very older concept, and it's, it's not, you know, everyone bakes. Mm-hmm. From young children, it's a great way to get them in the kitchen. It's fine and gross motor skills. It's math. It's science. It's vocabulary. Um, but for older people, it's about, and me being an older person, it's, it's connections. It's girls' night having a glass of wine and having a treat or bringing it to someone's house and really also using the creative side of our brain. I, I worry that we spend so much time on technology, but creativity is the road that leads to invention. And if we don't use that side of our mind where we tactile, we touch, we feel, we make, we have to do both. What did you learn about business throughout all of this? What was the most surprising thing? Oh goodness! I I joke that I speak an entirely new language now from SEO and SEM, and you know I. How did you learn all of that in the first place? I had to because if this was the business I was going to do, then I had to understand geo targeting, and I wasn't even on social media. I start I'm only been on Instagram a year and a half. Like I, it was really all to sort of learn this world. Um, I think the funniest thing for me was. Um, like digital targeting, I never actually <laughs> caught on until recently that like I would go to a website and then it would pop up. Like, I, I thought it would just follow you all day yeah. long. Yeah, I don't think that I because I didn't spend enough time really on the internet, and I think that really fascinated me when I was like, oh my god, they know everything about me. They know everything. And, and that's why they keep sending me all these great clothing to buy. Like, <laughs> it's not just the internet being nice to me. <laughs> So you
0: learned a lot about business. What was, what was the biggest surprise? And what, what, in this last year, what's the thing that's surprised you the most about the stores experience? Goodness.
1: I, I mean, I'm constantly surprised. I'm constantly surprised at my own ability to do things that I didn't think that I could do. Um, it's also understanding an entirely different business. You know, in my in film and television, you have like the top, the people that, you know, people revere and look up to. And and in the food space, it, there's different people and they're just as famous in that space. And they mean more in that space than I do. And it's a humbling experience in a really good way. I've really worked to challenge myself. Um, I always say fail is first attempt in learning. It's all about pivoting and, and learning You know, what works. We've gone through different iterations. Our boxes have changed. And it actually was funny. I was just at Whole Foods in Columbus Circle because I'm a New Yorker, I'm a hometown girl. I haven't seen it on the shelf here yet. And our boxes were just like a tiny bit too tall. And I was like, what happened? I went to the Whole Foods, I measured it, and I realized, oh, I went to the Whole Foods in Los Angeles, and there's more space.
0: Oh my God. And it's just
1: all those like little things that you don't think about. Or even just looking at the shelf, like before, I would go grocery shopping, but I never thought about. What attracted me to try something new was it the color of a box? Was it branding? And I I always say, Honest did it right. I mean, there's something about their branding that you notice it and it calls to you, and it's different than everything else that's out there. And I do think that when you see food stores on a shelf next to the other brands, you you see the modernization of it. So, okay, when you think about
0: the Honest idea, so they're getting bought now by Unilever. Would that be a dream come true for you?
1: Oh, you mean to sell the company for billions of dollars? Yeah. No, who wants (laughs) billions of dollars? You know, I'm just in it for the baked goods. (laughs) Look, to have a legacy where I've created something, and I think for my kids it's really interesting because they're still young, so they don't totally grasp being an actress. Like, they get mommy and daddy on TV, but it is a, a different concept. But from Boosters, they've watched Galit and I have an idea spend all these hours. They've gone with us when we've created boxes to the factory when we produce. They're such a part of it. And now they go to the shelf and they see it and they understand that you can make that happen. That's worth everything. Mm -hmm. What's more difficult, doing a movie or building a company? Are you kidding? Doing a movie where you sit on set, I mean, and people bring you coffee and do your hair and do your makeup and put your clothing (laughs) on you, tell you where to stand I mean, I always say an actor's job is just to remember their lines and hit the piece of tape, right? That's what we do. This is way harder. What's been the worst piece of advice you've gotten along the way? Oh, there's no bad advice. It's only bad advice if you listen to it. I, I always take advice because you never know. It might even be exactly what you shouldn't do. It's the opposite. You, take, you listen to all I of listen, it sometimes and then, you just
0: need to know the opposite of what you should and do. And then
1: it's up to me what I do with that information. That's a great, I Right, because you yeah. never know. Yeah. Or if it's someone you go like, wow, I really don't wanna do what you're doing, so please tell me everything you've done <laughs> so I know not to do it. I wanna, one piece of advice you'd give to anyone out there with a dream to build something of their own. Trust your gut. At the end of the day, you know, I can't tell you how many doors that we had, that people said no to us, but it only takes one person to say yes. And you can't get discouraged from that because at the end of the day, if you have this idea and you know and that's why the advice is so interesting because we're sort of rewriting our playbook. We're doing things differently. I learned that the way grocery stores work is they have certain resets when they reset their shelves. But I'm not going to wait for that. We're going to do it now. I'm like sure that's,
0: someone told you to wait for that.
1: Oh, they do all the time. And then we say, no, we want to do it now. And then we make it work somehow. And, and they say, well, you have to pitch to them. They don't come to you. And it's like people are hearing about it and coming to us even faster than we thought. And it is definitely... snowball in the best kind, but it it all moves, the parts move very, very quickly. And also just learning the logistics of it and shipping and sell by dates and and all that goes into it. UPC codes. It's not just the fun stuff on the surface. No.
0: I just want to, I want to close this with a final thought from you. And I, I think it's so clear from hearing you talk that you know this inside and out. This is not, you're not one of those celebrities that just put some
1: money in this brand no, and I, let it grow. I've never put my name to stuff. I, I'm i very, I feel like my brand of myself, like I've always been very authentic to it. When years ago I used to work for Maybelline and they came to me at first and I was like, no, I'm an actor, I'm not a pitch person. This was before people really had campaigns. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, God, I've used Maybelline Mascara forever and it kind of makes sense. But I, I value the work that I put into my life and my career and I could never just slap my name on it. Even when I would do it, a movie or a television show that I wasn't producing, I still took it like it was my baby and I had to put, I, I don't know how to do it any other way. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of No Limits. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe, rate us, tell your friends. And if there's someone you think we should have on the show, let me know. You can tweet me at Rebecca Jarvis. And of course you can follow along with us behind the scenes on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. And special thanks to the team here at ABC that helps make this happen. It is a big one. Taylor Dunn, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, Michelle Bancardo, Steve Jones, Erica Scott, and Elizabeth Hecht. And join me next Tuesday for an all-new episode of No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis. Until then, take care, be well. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer.